Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. I am bringing you a special guest today and one of my dear friends who is a fellow California Aggie as well. Ashley grew up in the dairy industry, and she is now the wife to a calf rancher and an almond farmer in California. She has her bachelor's in human development, master's in social work with an emphasis in clinical mental health. She is rethinking the way we support mental health in the ag industry and specializes in breaking down big ideas and deep feelings into simple and actionable strategies for ag families and businesses alike. Ashley's goal is for everyone in the ag industry and in rural America to have the tools that they need in their mental health toolbox to live life fully. She talks about things like anxiety, mental health, personal development, self-growth, relationships, and communication, and I am so grateful to have her here on the show today. In just a moment, you'll meet my friend, the incredible Ashley Machado. Hello there, beautiful friend. I'm your host, Kaya, a cattle rancher turned accidental life coach after embarking on my own health journey, losing over 100 pounds, but most importantly, rebuilding my relationship with myself. Now I am more on fire than ever to empower others to create a healthy life that they love from the inside out by sharing the tools, tips, and strategies that I've learned and continue to learn along the way. Mindset, health, body image, self-love, entrepreneurship, and more. We're here to chat about climbing the mountains of life all while finding joy in the journey. Welcome to the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. Now let's get climbing. Welcome to the show, Ashley. Hi, how are you? I am doing so, so wonderful. I am so thankful to have you here today to introduce you to my wonderful audience. Thanks for being here. I'm excited. Yay. Ashley, I feel like when we first met, we first met at one of the rural rooted retreats that Natalie Cavort put on. And I just fell in love with you instantly. First of all, we're both California ag people. And I feel like there is just a special bond there in itself, but also your your love and passion for mental health as well. As you know, I believe so deeply in mental health, especially as it relates to those folks that are in inside of agriculture too. And my first question for you, Ashley, is where did your passion for mental health come from? Um, I think I've always been intrigued by like human behavior, how we interact, like the decisions we're making, why are we making those decisions? Like I've always been a little bit of a deep thinker and like wanting to know more like surface level stuff is like, I can't, like, I'm like, I don't know. What do you mean by that? I need to know more. And I've always been like that. So I don't know. I think it's just been a part of me. But when I was like trying to figure out what I was going to do in my undergrad, the studying human behavior really stuck out to me. So that's why I went with human development and we studied things like anthropology and language and sociology and psychology, you know, and it was like so cool. All of these things kind of intertwine and that is kind of really shaped my perspective on the way that we look at it today. And I think especially for agriculture, because of the way we live life is a lot different than someone who lives in a city. And that's really beautiful. There's also a lot of stress that comes with it. Like, I'm not sure any other industry, you could be planning your life's work. And then all of a sudden, the weather comes and it's all gone. Yeah. So just like having that all intertwined, it's really been like a little bit of a journey to kind of navigate where I'm going. But I'm so happy to be and find my space here. Oh, I love that. And I think that that's also where I really connect with you because both of us grew up in agriculture 
And then, and I also, I don't know if you know this actually, but I was a human development major too in undergrad. Okay. Oh my I, God. Yeah. But I had no idea, zero clue that I would ever fall into a line of work where it actually was applicable, to be honest with you. I thought I was going to go more towards ag communications and whatnot, but finding your place in agriculture, I think is so cool because what you bring to the table, it, it marries your passions, right? Your passions for that deep connection, being able to support people on their mental health journeys with your passion for agriculture, the industry you were raised in, that you're married into, that you are creating and doing with your family. And I just think that that is such a beautiful space for you to find yourself in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really, I feel like it's something that's still fresh and new sure. in our industry. And I remember when I was talking with Natalie Kavarik about kind of like what I wanted to do and like how I wanted to do it. She was like, okay, well, so like mental health and ag. And I was like, mm-hmm. what? what? I don't think those two good things go together. What do you mean? And then like, as I sat with that kind of at the beginning of last year, I was like, oh, uh, yeah, Ashley, like, it's actually something that is very needed and something we don't talk about a lot. And I feel like there's like some like people who are like, very educated and understanding what mental health is and serving it, but also not really living the life that it is to Mm -hmm. be a former rancher in rural America. And I'm like, so happy that I've been able to kind of bridge that gap. Like, Mm -hmm. these are things that help our mental health. And also, I desperately need them too, because our industry and our lifestyle is while so beautiful, also hard. Um, And like, I can relate with people who are living in the ag world and finding it kind of stressful. Yeah. And there's something to be said for, uh, you know, as a farmer or a rancher that is working with someone to support their mental health, there's something to be said for being able to work with someone who understands the culture that you come from. You know, it's, it is different living in rural America, being involved in agriculture is different. Even your access to those mental health resources might be different or limited. And I think, or I imagine Ashley is that you having clients in agriculture, being someone who can speak their language and has those same personal experiences, I feel like probably enriches that relationship and trust right from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Especially like if they have to cancel like the cows are out, I'm like, yeah, it's okay. get it. Like, I get it. I, yeah. Oh, what it's like to have the cows out and you're like stress level and your anxiety is like, Oh my gosh, I got to get the cows back in or this, this tractor broke down or whatever. Like I get it and it's okay. Like we can figure it out. It's, it's okay. Yeah. So I want to rewind a little bit right now, as this episode is being released, it is May, which is mental health awareness month. And the first thing I want to ask you is how would you define or explain what mental health is to someone? What is, what is, what does we mean when we talk about mental health? Yeah. In my opinion, mental health is not just um, our outlook, like dealing with things like stress, anxiety, or worry, or depression. It's also like how we're taking care of our body, how we are taking care of our social circle, how we're interacting with our social circle, more so the way we're living life, um, and our perspective on life, and taking one step forward at a time. Like if things are hard, like I know that I can make it through this because I have cultivated this toolbox of things that I can rely on when things are hard. Like I really believe in the mind-body-soul connection, not just, oh, my mind is going off the rails right now. 
I need to take care of my mind. Like I've made it like embedded in nutrition, embedded in walking, embedded just the way we're living our everyday life. Oh, I totally agree. And I think that we, sometimes we segment our health in this way. Like, you know, with what I do in coaching, there's a lot of women that work with me that are really trying to focus on their men- on their physical health, excuse me. And it's so frustrating for me to look at people that get so hyper-focused on their physical health that they do so at the expense of their mental and emotional health and well-being, instead of recognizing how all aspects of our health, mental, physical, emotional, relational, sexual, all of the different aspects of health, they are all so deeply intertwined. So I love that when you talk about mental health, you talk about all different sides of it. I truly believe that if you change your habits, you can change your life. Our life is the result of the habits that we practice daily. Improving your life isn't about making some scary, drastic change overnight. It's about meeting yourself where you're at and making small changes over time that you can actually stick with. But you've got to start small to stay consistent, which is why I put together a free healthy habits checklist to help you do just that. Download my free PDF to set your intentions for what small, healthy habits you are going to start practicing today. There's a place for you to check them off the list and celebrate every single baby step along the way. You can download yours for free at coachkayacommunity.com forward slash healthy dash habits, or you can click the link below. Again, that's coachkayacommunity.com forward slash healthy dash habits, or click the link in the show notes to download yours today for free. Start changing your life, friend, one healthy habit at a time. I wanted to ask you what some of the common misconceptions around mental health are. And I guess too, with that, I think there's there's a lot of stigma around mental health and, and, I, and I think it's changing. I feel like I see that it's changing, but especially within the agriculture community, you know, our, our ag industry for the most part, even still today is a lot of older men. And I think there are these like generational and cultural beliefs around mental health and having to be this like tough, strong person that doesn't talk about their emotions. And I I guess, how do you see, how do you see the conversations around mental health? What are the misconceptions, especially as they relate to people in agriculture? Um, I think that the main one is, is if you're struggling or having a hard time that you're quote unquote weak, right? Mm -hmm whatever life's throwing at you, um, you need help or assistance, or if you're struggling with anxiety or depression, you're considered quote unquote, crazy. Mm -hmm. What does that term even mean? You know? So I think I do see it pivoting as well. I think we have a lot of work to do, but I think what's most important is also the understanding of our lifestyle is we do have to be kind of tough right yeah we are a little more on the tough side like like I said you can plan your life's work and the weather comes and all of a sudden everything's gone but you still have to get up and work the next day so there's an expectation around that as well um what I am hopeful for is that we continue to start raising our hands and say like wow that sucks that was hard we are powerful and we're really strong and we can make it through. It's also okay to say like, I'm kind of having a hard time with what just happened. Yeah, totally. You know, when we think about mental health, I've had a conversation with someone before where um, I recently went to therapy for the first time ever this year. 
and it was virtual therapy and it was incredible. And my best friend happens to also be a licensed therapist. And for a long time, I didn't pursue an actual therapist because I thought, well, my friend's a therapist. It totally is the same thing. It counts. And I think some people or one of the, I think the misconceptions that I've heard from people is I don't need a therapist. I have friends. And I'm curious what your opinion is about that. I mean, absolutely friendships and, and strong relationships impact our mental health, but does mental health have to look like going to therapy? When is it important for us to pursue formal therapy? What's the difference between formal therapy and having a friend to talk to? Well, I think the biggest difference is the unbiased listening part where you have a in an ideal therapeutic relationship, we're talking with someone who is judgment-free and listening with us and helping us navigate, you know, some really strong emotions, thoughts, trauma, whatever we're working on. I don't necessarily believe that therapy needs to be something that you go to for your whole life, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think our therapists should be empowering us to, you know, work through whatever we're working through and give us tools to believe in ourselves to move forward. So when things are getting hard, you know, maybe we need to go back to the therapist or maybe we have a toolbox of things that we can, you know, kind of use and navigate. I think also with you know having our friends or having that support system, it can get easily like we're pushing things down when actually maybe there's like we could be living life a little more free, a little more fully, a little more carefree. And the therapist can kind of like help that help you get there in a little bit of a quicker way than like your friend who maybe has some judgments attached to whatever they're communicating. Totally, totally. So you, you've mentioned several times mental tools. What are some, when we talk about mental tools, you know, and I, and I love what you said too about therapy in terms of you don't have to go to therapy for all of your life. I feel like, I don't know, even when we think about physical health, like right when you, you don't see Yes, we see our doctors regularly, but like when you're sick, you go to your doctor more. Like when you're struggling with something mentally or emotionally, maybe that's a time for therapy and then you can get your tools to help manage it on the day-to-day -day basis. So when we talk about tools. What are some mental, like simple mental tools when you talk about this mental health toolbox to help us combat the everyday stress and anxiety that we just experience as human beings? My kind of favorite analogy, and we'll do this in the sense of like anxiety, is we're sitting in a boardroom and we, so you, Kaya is the CEO of her boardroom. I'm the CEO of my boardroom and there are seats at the table and our anxiety has a seat at the table because it does have something to say. Our silliness has a seat at the table because it has something to say. Our social circle has a little bit of a seat at the table because they have some, you know, we have all these, our workout, we have all these facets, but Kaya is in charge and the CEO of her boardroom in her table. The problem comes is when Mrs. Anxiety, that's what I call mine, kind of takes over the CEO spot. And we're like, well, I'm running in my anxieties in charge. I'm not in charge anymore. So then it's like, okay, I need to go into my toolbox and figure out how to make Mrs. Anxiety go back to her chair and I am back in charge. And the way I do that is like checking to see if what my anxiety is saying is fact. Or if it's just an assumption, anxiety tends to like not in the present moment. We're actually like living in the future. We're like thinking in the future. We're thinking based on assumptions. And then 
those assumptions can kind of trigger our anxiety. So um, what I like to do is put one hand on my heart and one hand on my stomach, take a deep breath, and then kind of recognize where I am in the moment. So say I was feeling stressed. We'll just use the pandemic as an example. I've been parenting my kids because a lot more hours than I kind of thought because they've been home from school. Prices of feed are really high. Things are feeling really stressful right now in this moment. Deep breath slowly in through your nose and out through your mouth. Oh, that makes sense that that is feeling really stressful. Deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth. I'm safe right now. I'm okay right now. And then moving forward. Mm. Yeah. I know that you talk a lot about breath work just through your social media. And I feel like sometimes we might think mental health tools have to be these complicated things, but they don't have to be. Like, I love that that simple activity just now. It's just taking time to be still and present with yourself and your emotions. Like do some intentional breath work. Mm-hmm. And I am like obsessed with breath work. I will never stop talking about it because it's free <laughs> and you have access to it all the time. Like yeah. one of, I think it's our only bodily function where we do it voluntarily and involuntarily. So we mm. can like are doing it all, like we literally are breathing all day long, but we're not conscious of it. Right. Mm-hmm. But when we become conscious of it, then it can become this really powerful tool, releases a lot of like hormones and chemicals in us to bring us back into the moment now. So I will stand on a breathwork soapbox forever, I think. I love it. I was listening to um, Jay Shetty's book, Think Like a Monk, and he talks a lot about breathwork and meditation. And when he was explaining it to it, I remember he was talking about, if you think about it, Breath is the first thing you experience when you come into this world and the last thing you experience when you leave it. And how much our breath is connected to all of our emotions. Like when you think about it, when you get anxious or scared, your breath quickens and it reacts and responds to how you're feeling emotionally in your body. And just the power of stopping and taking deep breaths in, how that can help regulate yourself. And like you said, it's it's free. It is simple. But I don't think that many of us bring our awareness to the power of it. So please continue to shout from the the rooftops, Ashley, about this powerful and simple work. Yeah, well, if you even think about it, like on a primal level, you know, back in our ancestors days where there was like, I don't know, a bear or a saber toothed tiger around the corner, like our body is what it like puts us into fight or flight mode. And now we don't necessarily have those a saber-toothed tiger around the corner, but our body still kind of reacts to different things. And now, you know, it kind of ends up in like an anxiety type of thing, right? So we're in something causes a stress, we release cortisol, we end up in fight or flight. Well, we know that there's no saber-toothed tiger around the corner. So if we can pause and do breath work, then we can actually bring ourselves out of fight or flight mode. Mm, so good. Y'all, I love my smartwatch. Not only does it help me get where I need to be on time, usually, but it also helps me be more mindful and aware of my physical activity, sleep quality, heart rate, and so much more. The hardest part though, having it match my outfits and feel as glamorous as I'd like to, but not anymore. 
Thanks to Sparkle Bands, I have a variety of adorable, chic, and upcycled quality leather watch bands perfect for every outfit. From my cowhide bands to the tooled leather Kaya's Confidence Band with turquoise gemstones that I designed alongside the team. Now my smartwatch feels just as fashionable as I do. This women-owned company is located just down the street from me in my hometown, and I can attest they take their quality and their customers to heart. Check out their variety of high fashion watch bands and more at sparklebands.com. That's S-P-A-R-K-L-B-A-N-D-S.com. And use code KAYA10 to receive 10% off at checkout. Happy shopping. Another tool that I know you talk about and I also believe in deeply and has been a crucial piece of my own mental, emotional, physical, all the health, all the health journey things is journaling. And I was not a journaler until just a few years ago, but journaling for me has been one of those tools I've added to my toolbox that has helped me immensely bring more awareness to my own thoughts and feelings and the stories that are going on in my brain. Can you tell me a little bit more about journaling and how it can support our mental health? Journaling is actually a way where we can tap into like our subconscious thoughts. So we have our like our current conscious thoughts, right? You know, that help us get through the day. But then our subconscious thoughts, our ego, it's also part of our subconscious. It helps us kind of get those feelings, thoughts, and emotions out. Like what's hiding in the back of your brain? That's what I like to call it. Like, you know, I have my normal thoughts that kind of help me get through the day. But what is hiding back there that's actually your motivations and actually like making you make the decisions you're making? So it, yeah, it actually helps us get those thoughts out and then we can start to analyze because if we're not aware of why we're doing what we're doing, then it's hard to change what we're doing. So when we become aware, then we can start to pave that new road and that new path for our brain to kind of travel down. So I like to think of it as like, Right now, you know, we're traveling down one path. It's kind of what I do all the time. Well, I don't deal with feelings. I don't talk about feelings. So that's kind of like the path that your brain naturally travels down. Well, I've started journaling and I actually found out that this thing kind of makes me feel a certain way. Like some things are coming up. Okay, so how do I deal with that? Well, I, you know, I remember this tool that I could do like some breath work or some like thought work or some journaling. Maybe when these big thoughts or feelings come up, instead of saying, I don't deal with feelings, I can, my brain remembers that I can actually travel down this next road. You know, growth is very uncomfortable and change is very uncomfortable. So the first time people do it, they're like, oh, I do not like that. Whatever. (laughs) I didn't actually said I am not doing that. That was so uncomfortable. But the more we do it, it's just like practicing a sport, right? The more we do it, the easier it becomes, the easier we can kind of like figure out what we're doing. And then when we're in our thoughts and when we're in our feelings, we can actually kind of navigate them a little easier. Mm -hmm. Totally. I feel like it's almost like a muscle you have to work a little bit. Like the first time you go to the gym or work your muscle when you have it for a while, it's going to hurt. It's going to be sore. But the more you go, the easier it's going to be, the stronger you're going to get. So yeah, unfortunately growth is uncomfortable, but that's the price that you pay for it. And having gone through the uncomfortable parts and continuing to, because I hope to continue to grow, I think it's 1000% worth it. Yeah. And I mean, 
how beautiful is life to be able to like grow throughout that throughout it I mean we are not the same people we were 10 years ago for a reason because our experiences are different our lives are different and we grow throughout them there was an Instagram reel that you recently posted that had a super powerful visual. You were standing over your sink and you had a, a bowl. And then next to your bowl, you also had a strainer. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Ashley, but I think you were talking about overwhelm. Like when we yeah. feel like we're overwhelmed. Can you walk us through that visual? Because I think, I think visuals are so, so powerful in helping us understand this concept. Yeah. So if we imagine a bowl and in our bowl, we're starting to put in all of our normal life activities, all of our normal stress, all of our normal anxieties and worries, all of our feelings, all the things we have to do and all the things that come with all the things we have to do, all of our responsibilities, all of our hopes and dreams and wants and goals, like everything that comes along with being a human that bowl, we turn that faucet on, it just is going to keep coming. But if we have no way to release or get it out, it's going to overflow and the water is going to go everywhere. All those things are going to go everywhere. We're going to be like the feel really chaotic. Maybe we're going to lash out. We're going to be irritable because maybe we're not accomplishing things we want to accomplish or we're trying to navigate time. We have too much to do and it just becomes a lot. If we imagine a strainer and those holes are things like journaling, walking, yoga, Pilates, breath work, time with friends, things that bring you joy, gardening, baking, travel, you know, things that help you kind of get all of that out, organized, communicating, then it doesn't become overwhelmed and we can actually handle more And people think like, oh, you know, I am going to do this stuff to get rid of my anxiety, right? I I don't know if we ever actually get rid of anxiety, right? Or get rid of stress. However, we build ourselves up so that the things that once caused us so much stress, anxiety, worry, depression actually don't cause it as much anymore. Or we believe in ourselves so much that we can handle it. Mm, So good. I love that you said that, that our stress and anxiety don't necessarily go away because I feel like so many of us spend our lives thinking like with, with the mission of, I want to remove all of the discomfort that comes from being human. And we, we try to work against it, trying to fight against having to deal with these uncomfortable emotions. And I think that that actually just creates more pain and suffering than if we just learn to accept that being a human is beautiful and messy and joyful and hard. And we get, both always. And it's not about trying to will away the discomfort, will away the stress and anxiety, but it's learning how we can better manage it in a more healthy way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. I was snapping because, (laughs) because it's like, people are like, I just want to be happy. I just want this to go away. I just want this to be easy. Right. But when we kind of embrace that things may be hard and joyful at the same time, or may like, I'm going to give an example. Um, my daughter, she started ballet. Olive started, she's five. She started ballet last week. And she sometimes can feel anxious. So we, were, she was sitting before in the chair and I was like, hey, how are you doing? And she was like, um, I feel shy and I feel excited. And I was like, I started crying because I was like, oh my gosh, it's working. 
<laughs> oh, I love that. Because we can feel two things at the same time, right? Yeah. We can feel joy and heartache. We can feel excited and feel shy. We can feel nervous and joyful. So I I think when we try to push away the hard stuff, the good stuff isn't as good. And there's one of my favorite movies is Inside Out because in the beginning, Joy, she's like, she's this character of joy. And her job is to just make her human happy. And she's like, oh, sadness, go away. Oh, sadness, go away. You're so annoying. Sadness, go away. But then in the end, sadness kind of shows like, oh, you remember that memory, Joy, where... I forget the main character's name. She was, oh, Riley. She was so happy. And she was like, yeah, that was so great. Sadness was like, yeah, she was actually like a little sad before. And we sat with her feelings and talked about it. And then she was able to get to the joyful part. I think the more we push the hard things away, the bigger they actually become. And when we sit down with them, feel them, face them, think about them, communicate about them, it becomes a little easier. Actually, a lot. A lot easier. I think... You know, what I discovered in my own health journey is that I, for a long time, thought that my biggest problem was food, that I had a food problem and that I just haven't found the right diet, that that was like the main issue in my life. And what I came to discover is I didn't have a food problem. I just happened to use food to manage or numb the discomfort of my emotions. And that was the only tool that I had in my toolbox was, was coping my, through my emotions with food. And so what I discovered in my health journey was that I used food as a numbing tool. And there's lots of different things that we might use in our life to numb. Like it could be food, it could be drugs, it could be alcohol, it could be social media, it could be a lot of different things. But when we numb away from the hard stuff, we also numb away from the good stuff. We can't just choose what we numb. So if we want to numb our feelings, that's also numbing our joy too. And I think when we build up that our capacity to feel everything, like you said, it makes the good parts more joyful because we aren't numbing out from them. We're not avoiding them either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really pretty impactful to be able to like sit down and be like, wow, this is pretty hard right now. But then also in those joyful moments, be able to sit down and be at peace and be like, wow, today was pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, so true. Okay, Ashley, I want to talk to you a little bit about communication and relationships and how this contributes to our mental and emotional health as well. And and one thing, so I, as the time that this is coming out, I will have been married for a year. Woo. It's like crazy that it's already been a year, but it also feels like 10 years at the same time. <laughs> and so as a, as a fairly new married person, I continue to learn so much about relationships in my marriage. And what I feel like I've experienced is that it can sometimes be so much easier to blame people that we're in relationship with. Mm-hmm. about certain problems instead of learning how to take ownership and responsibility for how we are participating in our relationship as well. And I think for me, the more that I do focus on my own mental health and well-being, the more self-aware I am and able to show up healthier in my relationships too. And so I guess I'm curious though, how do relationships connect back to our mental health or how can we how can we focus on strengthening them? Mm-hmm. I think Focusing on strengthening them to start with, we are just on, we are meeting our partners where they're at, right? They are not us. We are not them. Um, They may have different ways to do things, different opinions. They're working on themselves just as much as we are working on ourselves and to show 
the grace that I would love everyone to show themselves to also show to our partners because in the absence of self-grace is self-criticism and I don't want us criticizing our partners right I Mm -hmm. definitely don't want us criticizing ourselves to to just to show grace right it's just a new environment being married and I don't know maybe living maybe people lived together before maybe they don't but like all of this is like new and learning and it's okay like when we again and when we embrace the hard stuff and say like it's okay we'll maybe figure it out next time then it makes it a little easier i think communication is very 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 important because it's really easy to blame and be like you did this that made me do that well i made that thing that they did really make you do that or were you going to do it kind of anyways um there's a good book by Dr. David Burns, it's called Feeling Good Together. I really love it for communication. It just kind of breaks it down a little bit. I'll give like a little communication recipe that I like is, so your partner says whatever they say, you repeat back to them in your own words what they're saying. This allows them to kind of hear what they're saying and feel heard. Like, okay, you know what, Ashley, when... I'm talking with Manny. Ashley understands what I'm saying because she kind of repeated back to me what I was saying. And then ask questions about it. You know, is that is that kind of how you're feeling? Yeah. Okay. And then you can kind of say what you're thinking and what you're feeling after that. Mm, validating their emotions and thoughts first. Yeah, definitely. So if there's a disagreement and it's like, hey, I'm feeling really upset that this happened. Okay. What I'm hearing is you're feeling upset that this happened and what I could do better is maybe this. And they're like, yeah, you sit back and think, like, how is that making you feel? Okay, you know what? I probably could do a little better in that area. I'll work on that and let me know how it's going. Like, let's maybe we can touch base on this again. Mm-hmm. I also think communication is, it's so powerful because I think our brains are always trying to fill in the blanks. And our, our brains think in stories. And I think sometimes when we are talking with someone, they'll say something and our brain is filling in a story about whatever they said that might not necessarily be true. And so like Brene Brown. Um, oh I my God, which, I was just going to say. Yes, Brene Brown. I, is it, which which one, which book is it? She ta- I mean, she probably talks about this in all of her books, but she talks about a story with her husband. They were at on vacation at Lake Travis or something and they were swimming and she they're swimming together and she just like pauses and looks over at him and I can't remember exactly what she said but she says something about like this is really special I'm really loving this and her husband just says yep and keeps on swimming and she's like what the heck like he did not you know say I love you back or like acknowledge what I said and he just kept swimming and anyways to make a long story shorter she when they get back to the house she is pissed because her husband didn't respond to her the way she wanted and she had this story in her mind about it about what it meant and he had a story in his mind about it and what actually happened was he was having an anxiety attack out there but her brain filled in all of these stories and assumptions about what her husband must have been thinking and so I love the tool that she shares of repeating back to your partner the story I'm telling myself is uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So you're able to to show them what you're thinking or how you're interpreting things. And that tool, I think, is so powerful in relationships. Yeah. Yeah. She um, she talks about it in one of her, is it her vulnerability talk? I can't remember. But she is just a delight. Um, the best. Yeah, she's at the lake. 
and she's like, I love you. And he just keeps swimming and she's like, oh my gosh, he's going to leave me. <laughs> she's like, the story I'm telling myself is when we get to the dock, he's going to be like, Renee, oh, I'm leaving you. And she's like, you know what? I'm pissed because I'm in a bathing suit. Like, and he's just going to leave me right now. And she, then they talk about like, she goes back to the room, like you said, and she's like, you know, the story I'm telling myself is that you're leaving me because you didn't say I love you back. And I just was having this really beautiful moment. And he's like, yeah, well, I was actually having a panic attack and I couldn't, I couldn't even fathom what was going on with all of it. So I think that's really powerful too. So a lot of validating, a lot of like really explaining it. Like when we get married, it's kind of like anything that you had going on in your childhood is just exacerbated because Mm -hmm. you are not your by yourself anymore like you are figuring out how to make life work with a partner that under us I'm I'm assuming right now you're probably living with all the time and around often so it's not like you can necessarily recluse to your room and digest the world and then come back out because you your partner's there so you kind of are figuring out how to navigate life together Mm -hmm. yeah and I think for me too it's been interesting you know as a newly married couple we were talking earlier about how life is is both like hard and good and beautiful and messy. And I think what I'm like, I'm, I feel like my life, Ashley, and maybe this is everybody, maybe will relate to this. I feel like it's relearning the same lessons, but in every new area and every new season. And I feel like I'm doing that right now in my relationships and in my business and all the things. But I'm realizing like, oh, because I've only been married once. Brent is my only, the only partner I've ever been with. And so I don't have anything to compare it to. And so I feel like sometimes I, I create these stories of like, is this normal? Is this how relationships are supposed to be? Is something wrong? Because we're we're arguing. And then I realized like, oh, wait, no, this is just a normal part of being a human and being in relationship with another human, which has just been like another lesson to learn as it applies to this. Yeah, I agree. We, I often feel like I'm learning the same lessons over and over and over, just in different circumstances in life. Mine happens to be patient with myself and with others and like, be okay with the unknown. Uh, So that's the lesson I am continually relearning. Like I, I always like tell my friends, like I wish God would just like give me a plan and I could see what the layout is and then be like, okay, I approve. But (laughs) that's just not necessarily how it works. So again, like self grace and like, we're all learning and we're all human and we all make mistakes and that's okay. Like I believe we are all good inside and we're all trying our hardest and sometimes we're just having a hard time. Totally. So Ashley, I ask everyone that comes on the show, this show is called climbing because I think that our life journeys are like climbing a series of mountain ranges with lots of ups and downs and peaks and valleys and highs and lows. So in this current season of your life, what is a mountain that you're currently climbing? Um, I am navigating bringing mental health to ag on a bigger scale, like with business companies and having them be open to sharing about mental health, because like we talked about earlier, it is fairly new. It's been a couple year and a half in the making, like, you know, kind of navigating this space because it's been a little, uh, I want to come up with the right words. It's been a little bit like taboo. Like we talked about, like, oh, we're in ag. We don't talk about that stuff. But 
I am persistent and maybe stubborn to also a strength and a fault. So um, I'm on a mission. I actually am, well, it's May, so this may have been launched. I'm coming out with a workshop with stress, anxiety, and worry and tools for people to, you know, they're going to watch the workshop. It's going to be a link. They can watch it whenever and it's going to be full of stuff for them to fill their toolbox so I was like you know what I'll just take it into my own hands I think it's really important for us I think that we are two percent that feeds a hundred percent of the world and not only that like rural America is actually like very vast so getting these resources out to people is really 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 important Mm. I love it. And I am so happy that you are so dang stubborn, Ashley, to make this happen because I feel like it is it is a fairly new topic within the agriculture industry that is so needed. I mean, mental health issues in agriculture and in rural America are rampant because of the work that we do and sometimes the limited access to resources that we have and just kind of the culture around being willing to talk about your feelings or be willing to talk about when you're struggling instead of holding it all in. Gosh, it is it is so vital. And I am so grateful for you and your passion for this and um, the work that you're doing to bring these resources in an accessible way to rural America and agriculture. I cannot wait to see the impact that it has on folks. That being said, if someone is listening in and is interested in learning more about this workshop or how they can get some of these tools, um, where can they go to, to find more about that? Um, my Instagram has a link um, I'm actually trans. Well, it's May. So on my website, ashleymachado.com is up and available. You can find the links there. You can find out ways to um, get access for coaching if you would like. Also on my Instagram, I share a ton of like free stuff if that's more in your wheelhouse. And then on the blog, a ton of information there. Agriculture is actually the number one industry in terms of suicide rates, and it like it's so terrible and breaks my heart. So it's really important to me that these types of things are really accessible. So I've really tried hard to make it that way. Yeah, it breaks my heart to um, a friend of mine. I haven't seen him in years that I met when we were in college together. We did a college leadership program this last year. He was found in his barn and he had yeah. committed suicide in Ohio. And um, gosh, it just, it hits close to home. You know, it's, it is real. It is a real issue. And the work that you're doing is going to just make waves in a really, really big way. So I'm just so grateful that you're sharing these tools. And I need to brag on you, Ashley, because you've got to follow Ashley if you're on social media. She does share some really incredible tools, incredible, just simple mental health tools that you can add to your toolbox for free. And she also shares journal prompts daily on her Instagram story. So if you want to explore journaling and you feel stuck, like not sure what to write about, I know a lot of people feel that way when they explore it for the first time. Check out her Instagram and her highlights. She even has a place where you can go and find all of her previous journal prompts. A beautiful spot to just get some inspiration and, and practice that journaling tool. Highly, highly recommend checking that out. Ashley, thank you for everything that you do in agriculture and for mental health. And, and even if you're on agriculture, y'all go and check her out. She, she's pro mental health in, in all of the industries. The tools are transversal and go for yes. everything. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Ashley, before we wrap up today, is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners? Just that you are strong enough to take the next step. Life is hard and that's okay. It will be 
better and beautiful one day. And maybe that day is in a couple minutes and maybe that's tomorrow and you can make it through. Mm, So good. Ashley, thank you so much. Y'all go check her out. Check out those mental health resources that she offers. And remember that your health and well-being is number one priority because you can't show up for the people you love, your family, your friends, your community, your farm, your operation. You cannot show up well in life unless you take care of yourself well. And that includes mental health as the core of that well-being. So ask for help. Talk about how you're feeling. Put some tools in your toolbox. It is not because you're weak, but because you are so, so strong. So thank you all for being here. And we love you. And we'll see you right back here. Same time, same place next week. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please hit subscribe and leave me a review sharing what you loved most. Come hang out with me on Instagram and Facebook to keep the conversation going as we continue to find joy in the journey. Until next time, I am cheering for you, friend. Keep climbing and we'll chat soon.